Good evening, everybody. I'm Mark. And I'm Britton. And today we're going to change gears a little bit. A little. Um, we're going to talk about not a movie, <sighs> not a TV show. No, perish a thought. Not even a boxing match. Uh, no. We're going to talk about an honest-to-goodness book. Yep. Uh, both Mark and I have finished uh, the first book in the Dune series. By Frank Herbert. Yes. Uh, with the upcoming film, and uh, we figured it was... Uh, high time. Yeah, high time. I'll give my yeah, opinion yeah. later. But, yeah, uh, yeah, so let's just get started and uh, get the get to work on this. There is a lot to go through. All right, so usually I have you do a... Um, I have you <laughs> do a quick rundown of what the plot was. There's yes, a lot of, thank you for the opportunity. I'm going to give you a chance to speak. Um... Uh, hold up, hold up. Uh, I'm really happy for you, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, so why don't you give a, and remember, there's a lot to go over in this book, yeah. so keep it very brief what the, the brief overall idea is for Dune, and then I'll chime in whenever I feel like it. Please. So, the book, uh... The, it's, it's a lot of pages. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, the book, yeah, it is a fairly lengthy book. Uh, the main focus of the... Uh, of the book is uh, a, a young man by the name of uh, Paul Atreides, who is the son of the Duke of the House Atreides, who, uh, through uh, various machinations of political intrigue and and uh, an imperial command, he, uh, you know, the house becomes the ruling house of this planet uh, Acarus or Acarus, whatever Acarus, and uh, with the uh, former house, House uh, Harkonnen, or Harkonnen, whichever you pronounce, uh, be, kind of being ousted. Mm -hmm. So, um, now, Arrakis is a very uh, interesting planet because they have... It's the only planet in the apparently the, the universe yeah. um, that makes a substance known as spice, which is mm -hmm. very, very addictive, uh, but also has very like, almost hallucinogenic qualities mm -hmm. to it. Yeah, like it's... Uh uh, I might as well say we, we you're, we're going to get yeah, into spoilers. Yeah, there's lots of spoilers like, here. So right? if, you, if you plan on reading the book. Or seeing the movie. Uh, I, you know, definitely, like, even the David Lynch movie is worth a watch. You'll uh, be confused, but. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, but, yeah, you know, definitely come back to this after, you know, after four years when you read the book. Yeah. And uh, you know, tell us tell us what you think in the comments. You're but, always uh, telling people not to listen to our podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so the the spice gives uh, gives the ability to predict the future to a degree. You can see through time. Basically. Yeah, and uh, you know the there's this uh, organization called the Guild, which uh, uses that to uh, use their giant ships uh, to navigate. Uh, you know, faster than light travel, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the how the uh, the Empire has a stronghold on the uh, on the galaxy. So. They get there, and again, now this is we're really going to be getting into some spoilers here, because it's yeah. almost necessary to talk about it um, in a very spoiler way. But when they get to the planet, everything's going fine. They go from a water planet, basically, or an Earth-like planet, yeah. to this desert planet, and it's almost uh, impossible to survive in the desert without some kind of special suits or whatever. Yeah, water is, is such a coveted con commodity. It's that sacred. It, it, it's sacred. It's also used as currency. Mm -hmm. it, it is... Uh, 
like the act of spitting on the table before someone is considered a charitable or it's honorable a high act. Honor, yeah. yeah. So so they get there and uh, they you know the uh, the house uh, Atreides they try to recruit some of these uh, people who live in the desert. Um, they're called well I guess they're Fremen. Fremen. I called him Freeman, but you know whatever again, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, uh, that's fine. So they um, they're trying to recruit him because they're like you know very very strong fighters. Yeah, and uh, they you know born in hell basically. Yeah, it's a you know. Pressure builds diamonds, uh, or trouble uh, makes strong men, or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, but right before they can even do any of that stuff, uh, the Baron Harkonnen unleashes his evil scheme. He has uh, most of the House of Trades murdered, mm -hmm. um, and he takes over. Paul escapes with his mother, uh, Jessica, uh, who is kind of a wet blanket. Well, uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, but she's also kind of a witch. Uh, well, yeah. Benny, uh, Benny Gesserit, or Benny Gesserit, however you want to pronounce it. They're going to say that a lot, however you yeah. want to pronounce it. Um, but she has these kind of specialty trainings that she can pick up every minute detail and kind of see what everybody's thinking. Uh, like, like, she, she's kind of a, uh, you know, they're, she's kind of like, uh, Rayman, if, uh, Rayman was also a ninja. <laughs> I mean Rain Man? Yeah, Rain Man. Okay. <laughs> or the video game Rain Man. Yeah, Rayman. Alright, uh, yeah, Rayman. he's like they're like Rain Man. If Rain Man was a ninja and can also shout commands, yeah, her she has a special thing called the voice, which can like kind of make people bend to her will yeah. and do things they don't want to do. So anyway, um, the house gets basically you know uprooted and destroyed. Uh, they have to run out to the desert to survive. They run into this group of free uh, Fremen, and they uh, the Fremen look at this kid Paul, and they're like. Yep, he's like the chosen one. Yep, he's yeah. San Jesus. Yeah, he he knows all, he sees all. We're gonna follow him into yeah. uh, bitter hijad, um, and uh, the rest of the story is Paul kind of adapting to the desert way, yeah. and kind of um, you know mounting his army a little bit and uh, kind of taking the fight back to the to the Harkonnen. And yeah, you know, as the story goes, there's this kind of. Uh, swelling of a cult around him, where where he's kind of a a, a messiah like uh, messiah like character, because he's also uh, the one of the thing spoilers. Uh, one of the things that the uh, that the Benny Jesserit are trying to do is through selective breeding, uh, you know, bring about this thing. I, I don't <laughs> hits, know how hits to hits cataract. Yeah, hits hats cataract, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, that, that's basically a, a kind of like a perfect being, like a, a per, like the Benny the Benny Gesserit, uh can see through the memories of pretty much all the past Reverend Mothers, these uh, high priestesses, mm -hmm. and uh, supposedly the uh, Bobcat Cothwaites or the yeah. uh, the had yeah, uh, can pretty much look through the memories of everyone, and so. Um and now here's a super spoiler. Uh, at the end of the book, it turns out that this guy that they've been building up this entire time as being this uh, this Quitzcott's uh, uh, whatever Hitzach yeah. Cataract uh, and being like this chosen one, and yeah. every single thing he's doing pointed to him being the chosen one. It turns yeah. out now, spoiler alert, that he is the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's kind of the you know kind of the. Very, very brief overview. Yeah. Um, now, 
don't get me wrong. I know it sounds like this is a confusing story and everything like that, but it, it's a. I liked it. I yeah, liked it I, a lot. Uh, the, one of the big, one of the big things I really liked the concepts I thought was really neat was uh, his sister. Oh yeah, yes, he has a. Go ahead. So his sister, uh, like there is this a. Oh man, where do I start? Like uh, there, <laughs> uh, there is a ceremony where uh, like uh, where Paul's mother. Uh, who's just a regular Benny Gesserit, uh, goes through the ceremony where she becomes a reverend mother. Mm -hmm. And it involves drinking uh, a... The water of life. The water of life, which is just uh, worm juice. Yeah, it's poison, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and through some mechanism of ingesting, she controls it on a molecular level and, and processes it so it can be consumed for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and, and that... In that process, it makes her a reverend mother. It gives her a a connection, uh, but be, uh, the 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 big twist is that when she goes through that uh, that ceremony, she was pregnant with her daughter. And, and yeah, and then when the daughter come you know comes screaming out of there, like um, she basically knows all as like a like a two-year-old yeah she she becomes self-aware in the womb mm -hmm. before she's even fully developed she gets driven mad by yeah. being in the womb for nine months yep and uh yeah that's uh you know kind of a a neat concept i'm not going to spoil anything but it, like she's pretty interesting in the other books as well um i know that uh, now let, let's go over to things that i, I kind of really liked and then we'll kind of you know maybe talk a little bit about what i didn't like or what right. we didn't like um but i do want to kind of talk about some of the things that i did enjoy about this because again i really like this mm -hmm. i i picked it up just on a whim kind of because i've been meaning to read it and you know with the movie coming out our library got yeah. new books and i was like all right let me just grab it and i was like wow this is well paced i thought it would be kind of difficult to understand when uh, when i'm going through it but it really wasn't they had enough um how do i put it enough like space lingo yeah and like different you know things that i'm not aware of to keep me interested but there was also enough uh things that were grounded in like my reality that i never got too confused it yeah. was a fine a fine balancing act um now the thing i liked most about this story and i'm sure that i'm, I'm sure that it has its fans as well oh yeah is uh the Baron, the evil Baron. Yeah, the, the Baron's guy. pretty good. Baron Harkonnen is fantastic. He is—he is just like he's just this big, fat, like scheming asshole, mm -hmm. and like he's so heavy that he has to—he needs pretty much machinery uh, to keep him keep him aloft. Yeah, because I guess he just doesn't feel like he, he doesn't feel like doing it himself. Well, I, I think they and actually he, gave a weight. To him, like he's like 400 kilos. Oh wow! And like yeah, the uh, the was this the the floaters uh, suspensers. His suspensers give him the weight of like 100 kilos. So he's actually supposed to be you know walking around and not floating around like like a uh, like in the movie like like, like uh, Ed Wynn and Mary Poppins. <laughs> who, uh, who if I made the movie. Would be Baron Harkonnen. Oh yeah, but I, uh, uh, I digress. Like, I digress. <laughs> um, One so, thing we didn't bring up, which is a big point in the book: the worms. The worms. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, we're, we're gonna get there. All right. Um, the sandworms were. Uh, I'm gonna save that a little bit later. All right. Um, 
Because I'm still talking about the things that I liked. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, well, no, it's okay, not really good. Right, it's not right. going to go right, where the things Let's see where it's going. Uh, but the other thing I liked is... Um, it doesn't... Again... <laughs> Spoilers! Uh, <laughs> there's so much... Like I, I almost don't want to talk about so much stuff, but yeah, I know. we kind of have to. So if you don't think that this, uh, this book is not going to end between a knife fight between, like, uh... between, like, sand prophecies and, uh, um, Sting, <laughs> then you don't know what this book's about. This book is awesome in so many respects. Uh, there's so many really neat things, like, even though I'm, I'm not a big fan of, uh, books or movies or TV shows where there's a very super intelligent little kid, yeah. this actually I thought was done very well. This was yeah, kind of the, neat. Oh, with, with the Aaliyah. sister? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I thought that was done very well. Uh, even even her portrayal in the movie was uh, With was her done. speaking in a scary voice. Yeah, <laughs> the the voice in the uh, in the lunch movie was a bit silly. <laughs> I hope they keep that for the next movie, for the one with um, Mary Jane in it. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll talk now about you know. Oh, I guess we'll talk now about. Uh, Unless you have something else you want to bring yeah, up. Well, maybe liked. Britain likes something yeah. in the book. You talked about your thing you liked. Uh, my my favorite thing about the book is, in and of itself, is the setting. Uh, a lot of times in you know far future, like this is far far future. This is supposed to be like the year ten thousand something. Mm. So uh, usually in the far future, there's like this. Uh, you know, extravagant technology, and it usually, like, the, usually the technology is so uh, out there and, and, and so big and, uh, you know, and in your face in books and movies like that, that it, it, it almost overshadows everything else. Mm -hmm. And the thing in this book is because it implies that there was this uh, kind of technological war thousands of years ago, so... It, it's it has its its technology, but it's it's kind of uh, but the overall society is rooted in almost this medieval, uh, you know, you know, chival you know, chivalry, and uh, you know, codes and uh, and houses and stuff like that. And I kind of liked this this fusion of science fiction with fantasy. Yeah, I think it was done like I would. I would find it hard pressed to say that this book is not a, a science fiction book, um, but I definitely understand that. I would also be hard pressed to say that it does not have elements of fantasy to it too. I mean, you have a chosen yeah. one, you have kings, houses, dukes, yeah. you know. But you also have witches, magic, yeah, stuff I mean, like that. It's so there's you know it is definitely a a very good blending of the two genres. Yeah, very very well done. Now uh, I think we both have the same kind of idea of what we didn't like about this book and very yeah. small gripes um yeah, yeah. mainly uh, there is a part where after all this cool stuff happening um that it does kind of start to drag a little bit now yeah they're wandering in the desert i didn't really mind that too much except for there was like a stupid i lost my <laughs> uh i lost my bag yeah kind of scene but other than that like you know that was fine but like to me it did start to drag a little bit when he was kind of going to his uh like daily life with the the fremen yeah and you know, I'm like, well, this is kind of uh, boring for the chosen one to see him sit there and uh, yeah. not be the chosen one. And I kind of get it. They, they, uh, they. He showed what it was like for you know a slice of life as 
you know, a duke, a duke's son uh, among aristocracy. And I guess he wanted to show a little bit more like the, the Fremen lifestyle where mm -hmm. they, they live in, you know, a, you know, they have Spartan needs. And they have huts. Well, they don't. They live in caves and yeah. stuff. But, um, so that was basically, and that's a, like, even though it was like a, like a little bit part of the, the book, maybe less than like a hundred pages. Yeah. Um, it was the, the part of the book that it was kind of like, uh, like, all right, this is, this is not as interesting. That, that part didn't bother me as much as, you know, him wandering through the desert with his mom. Like just, oh, okay, we gotta walk funny or else <laughs> the worm will get us. Uh, and then, all right, oh, we're gonna sleep in the tent. All right, more funny walking. <laughs> and, and just, you know, a couple days of that, like, oh, you, you can't, oh, the worm can't get us on these rocks because these are not worm rocks. or <laughs> Like, just, just silly stuff like that that made it drag. But, uh, you know, a very minor part of the book. Now, let's get into the worms. Right. I have, uh... I, I, I haven't heard your opinion of the worms. Um... Or is this not an opinion piece? No, no, this is an opinion piece. All uh, right. The worms... It's tough for me because... I like the worms for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um... Though... For a, a good portion of it, they were very underwhelming. Like, you know, the first time you see a sandworm, like, ah... Oh, sandworm and spice about the only two things yeah. I know about Dune. Here we go. Here we see the sandworm, finally. And it just is like a... It just mall just opens in the desert, and it's just like, oh, yeah. what was there is not there anymore. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I would like, uh, I would have liked a little bit more of a threat from the worms. Uh, like uh, like I know there's this big shield wall where the worms can't really get through, or and same with these these powerful Coriolis storms, and. Uh, but it's like I would have liked to have seen more examples of like worm attacks, yeah, or, or stuff like that to give, just to build up. Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert! Just to build up how uh, impressive it is that these uh, these back you know, backwards savages, from the point of view of the rest of the planet, are are riding these worms and taming them. And that's actually going to bring me to my second part of the worm things, like. Yeah, when they're just opening up their maw and, like, things just kind of fall into them, they're not very impressive, but, yeah. you know, they do make the most of it when they're just riding these worms into... Into battle. Yeah, and I'm like, man, that's fucking awesome. That yeah. is, like, some fucking rock shit right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that... that <laughs> like, that, that is the... That... The imagery doesn't invoke the, that of, like, an 80s album cover. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And, like, I remember we both had the same moment when we were reading it, uh, when towards the end, like, this, the Harkonnens, like, uh, people come in and tell them that, what, that they're invading. Yeah. And they're like, they're, they're, they're riding the sandworms, and it's like, it was just in a moment of, like, pure badassery, because it's like, like, these people's minds are fucking blown. Yeah, like, <laughs> to, to... Uh, from the point of view of the, of the rest of the galaxy, that, you know, these worms, like, you can, the, you know, it's such a pain in the ass just to kill them. You can nuke them, uh, but, uh, if you don't nuke 100% of them, they'll grow back. Yeah. And, you know, just these feral, untamable beasts that are being controlled by these backwoods, you know, these backwards, uh, you know, almost viewed as animals. Yeah. Uh, coming into, you know, coming in, uh, just, 
uh, to destroy the uh, the Imperial Army, shouting the name of Muad'Dib. Yeah, I, I, um, to me, like just just to kind of if, again, if you have no intentions reading this, that's, that's fine. Uh, but just to put it into perspective, almost how they built up these worms and everything, it would be like if. Uh, if I stormed the royal palace riding a volcano, <laughs> it's like that is the kind of like I don't understand what I'm looking yeah. at kind of idea that they have. I, I, I'm trying to. Th <laughs> uh, I would say a vol not, maybe not a volcano, maybe a tornado. Like a bunch of people with saddles, they're sitting astride a tornado, and they come and you know they raid. Uh, they. They come and raid the, uh, I don't know, Buckingham Palace. Like, I, I don't know, Paul's, uh, Paul's worm that he tamed, they said that was, uh, like the biggest worm they like ever the seen. the grandmother worm yeah, or something they, like and that. and they, they, I think they gave an exact measurement of how far across it was, but it, it was Wasn't it like huge. a kilometer? Yeah, it was like huge. something, something unfathomable. So yeah, that, that that's my volcano for you. Yeah. Like um, a man riding a mountain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... So, I'm, uh, the next thing I want to kind of go over is I'm going to give a very brief uh, description, a very, very brief uh, description of the different characters in this book, because a lot of them, you know, they're very, they're very varied. Yeah. Um, I'm only going to give, like, the kind of important ones, but, um, but you'll see where I'm going with this very quickly. All so, right. we have Paul, or Maudib. Um, yeah. We have his mother, Jessica. Uh, Paul is described just as like a little kid, you know, think yeah, like 15. dark. Yeah, 15, dark hair, I guess. Uh, Jessica, they said that she had bronze colored hair, I think, golden bronze hair in the uh, the book. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, you know, a, a ninja witch. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see, we have. Um, uh, what the hell is his name? Gurney. Uh, Gurney, yeah. Uh, Gurney Halleck. Who kind of plays uh, the guitar um, <laughs> and is a, is a complete badass fighter? Yeah. And then we have I forget uh, the name of the mentat. Hawat, or Hawat, or whatever. Um, we have him. We have Stilgar, who was the leader of the Fremen. Yeah. And we have Baron Harkonnen. Well, I'll, I'll say those like the main characters are really thing. I'm not yeah. gonna go too much into Elia. Yeah, you have the scientist, afraid, you know, or you know, Doctor Yui or whatever. I'm not gonna go into them. I just want to kind of focus on these guys because they really were like kind of the big ones. Yeah. Um. So when you were reading them, I, we were talking about this a little bit. When uh, you were reading the book at first, what like who did you imagine in your head was kind of playing these? Because I I likened. A lot of these things to people I've seen before, you know, like I don't make up my own kind of thing. Like I'll start with the the easiest one. I'll start with Jessica, and my my Jessica in my head was <laughs> very strange. Uh, all right, uh, go I think on. We might have talked about this before. because I I must have missed uh, I, I must have missed uh, what Jessica looked uh, her description because in my head she was a blonde. Well, that's fine. Um, be, like, the only reason, because I remember we talked about this, and I remember I was like, pretty sure they said she had red hair, and as well, I was yeah. going through later on, they said again, like, she had hair of golden bronze. Yeah, I, I must have read the golden and missed the bronze part. So, but anyway, that's fine if you want to think yeah. of her as a blonde, because that's actually kind of more interesting All right. uh, to hear your thing. So, in my head, she was, um, do you remember Ocarina of Time? Okay. <laughs> and do you remember the, uh, uh, the people who kind of guarded the i think it was the the sand temple the yeah the, the uh yeah the uh, what the hell are they called yeah i remember them the gerudo yeah the gerudo 
yeah, I imagine that she was the leader of the Gerudo, like, you know... Well, that, 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 okay, that's, that, that's weird. A, she had, like, the, the same outfit, because she, she was kind of witch-like, you know, she had the... Oh, not really, she uh, was... Oh, not witch-like, I mean, uh, kind of, uh, she had that kind of graceful movement and everything, she yeah. fought hard. So yeah, that, that was in my head the entire time, and mind you, I wasn't upgrading the graphics in my head, like, yeah. she in my head... She was a block lady? She was a block lady, literally <laughs> a block lady. So like, that was my Lady Jessica. My Lady Jessica, like, I... Oh, excuse me. Like, she... Uh, she was kind of her... Like, I don't really liken them. I, I kind of, uh... M you know, make them in my head. Oh, well, this is gonna be less fun. Uh, but <laughs> if I had to... If I had to say who she looked like, the closest thing would probably be Ilsa from, uh... From, uh... Uh, uh, Frozen? Frozen. Okay. But, you know, n like, uh, not like this big-eyed, uh, you know, big-eyed CGI monstrosity, but like a normal woman. Yeah, okay. So, um, so, Paul, we'll move on to Paul next. Again, mine's not gonna get any easier. Yeah, you're not gonna like my Paul. Okay, I wanna hear your Paul. Like, like, I never saw, I never really saw Paul. Like, most of, uh, when I read, through, when I read about Paul, it was usually through the eyes of Paul. Okay. So he didn't really have, uh, I, he didn't have a face. Oh, so he was faceless. Yeah, he, he, he didn't, yeah. He was, uh, pretty much just, you know, a kid, a generic, as generic as you can get. So, my Paul... <sighs> oh, here we go. Yeah, uh, strap yourself in for this one. Like, this even more bump, uh, an even wilder ride than fucking Jessica. Alright. So, do you remember Meet the Fockers? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Now, do you remember when they made an offhand remark that, um, that, uh, like, oh, little Greg, he's, you know, he, does, he lost his virginity to, uh, our housekeeper at the time, 15 I, years ago. I remember that, So yeah. now when, um, <laughs> when Robert De Niro meets this girl's son, it's this fast-talking little kid who looks a lot like Ben Stiller and is, like, lying through his teeth kind of thing. I have the vaguest memory of that. That yeah. is my Paul. <laughs> that is... <laughs> First off... <laughs> why? I don't know. Like I said, I don't choose what I see in my so, head. So in your head, that, like... You read the, the briefest description of what Paul Atreides looks like, and the... You know, the synapses fired in just the right direction. It was... Uh, that it was the kid from Meet the... Fo meet, was it Meet, meet the, the Parents meet or the, meet, meet the, the Fockers? Fockers? Meet the Fockers. Like, it was almost like, uh... I read a description of Paul and just like a... ching In my head, like, cash register. Door opened. Here's your character. It's fucking, uh... <laughs> it's that kid from Meet the Fockers. Alright, this is where I'm going with no, this. this is the hand I was dealt. <laughs> Alright, so, uh... Now... I'm gonna do Hawat because he's more boring. Because yeah. I have no idea in my head who Hawat is. I just imagine he's like a, he's an old drunk. Uh, yeah, like to me, uh, Hawat was uh, just this short little miserable guy who was a uh, who uh, he he was always dressed in you know, armor. I don't know why. I, I always got <laughs> him and Gurney kind of confused. Yeah, they both had H A names. Yeah. So, like, I know, uh, how it was more of a, you know, more of the, uh, Mentat, where he was figuring out stuff, and Gurney was more of the, uh, guy who was training Fighter, Paul. Yeah. So, um, 
Gurney now. We'll move on to him since you mentioned that. Uh, yeah. Gurney's supposed to be like a, a you know a, an older but you know tough fighter kind of thing. So, okay. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm glad now. Uh, so Gurney, like I like I read in the book that he has this scar on his face. Okay. And like I didn't like it gave a description of the type of scar. Uh, I, some, I forget the, how they describe it, but I didn't really know the word of what type of scar it was. So in my head, he was kind of like this limping, <laughs> like limping <laughs> deformed guy who, who was just like, just through years of battle, because they kind of described him as a little bit ugly. Yeah. So he's kind of like, he's portly a little bit. Okay. So he's kind of like, Paul, oh, you can't have your back to the door, Paul. And, and you know, just, uh. Yeah, just kind of a wreck from years of battle. Now, I, I kind of imagine he was heavier, had a big beard. Um, uh, no beard. You would think so, uh, like, in my head, you would think so to hide the his his hideousness. But no, no beard. So my guy kind of looked a little bit, and this is going to be a weird one. Um, so there's a guy, I, I don't know a lot about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Oh, God. But there was one guy in there that I remember seeing from the movie and also clips of reviews of the movie of... The turtles give a guy a wet willy, like they both stick their, thing, their they <laughs> yeah. lick their fingers and stick their tongues in like both of this guy's ears, and it's such a big wet willy he sticks yeah. his tongue out. Oh. That was that was Gurney Alec for me, that guy. <laughs> no scar, <laughs> <laughs> didn't matter. So the guy who received the wet willy in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles 3. Three. Yes, that was that was my and, and that was not a conscious choice. No, none of these are conscious choices, Britain. So, um, now let's move on to Stilgar, the, uh, he's like the Fremen leader, and he's like wise, but also strong. Uh, big beardy man. Okay. Just, uh... Generic. Yeah, uh, hold on, like, uh, I have a picture of him in my head, and he does kind of look some like someone... Though, I guess if I had to say what he looked like, the closest description is, what's that... Giant guy with the big beard in Harry Potter. Oh, Hagrid. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe I, not with the long hair, but yeah, you know, definitely the big bushy beard. I imagined a uh, like a John Hurt slash uh, Max John von Hurt. Yeah, Max von Sydow kind of guy. Uh, just like an old, you know, almost gentle but still wise, you know, kind of soul. I know he wasn't really described like as this a, frail. You you pictured Stilgar, the the leader of the Fremen, who has to fight and kill to keep his position as this this frail, sh you know, uh, you know, uh, sickly old man. Not sickly, you know. He's strong. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Master Roshi. <laughs> like once he takes his shirt off, he's rippling with muscles. <laughs> John Hurt, rippling with muscles. Yes. Yeah, like, again, he, he hides it. He's wearing, like, a robe and everything like that. But, you know, he's got that voice, like... Uh, he's kind of like John Hurt from, uh... uh what's that? Indiana uh, Hell Jones. I was thinking Hellboy. Okay. Uh, that kind of thing. But, you know, he's got an inner strength, and, uh... <laughs> he knows that he can still probably, because he's a good fighter, doesn't matter how old he is, he still knows his way around a knife. You know, he can still stab somebody if he needs to. But, uh, yes. That is still Gar. <laughs> All right, now the grand finale. Baron Harkonnen. Uh, so Baron Harkonnen was a, a in my head he was his proportions were were out of control. Uh, it it was 
he was... Uh, how do I describe it? I think he was wider than he was tall. Okay. Uh, he was bald. Completely bald. Uh, he... And, uh... Like, and every time he walked, he would, uh, undulate. Okay. Uh... I've talked about mine many a time, so you know where this is going. But, uh, uh, I think you did, but re refresh my memory. But this was the easiest. I saw Boss Nass from Phantom <laughs> Menace. <laughs> yeah, he, and he was always sitting down. That was the suspensers. He was always sitting down in the chair that he was sitting in in the <laughs> Phantom Menace. So his chair would float around? Yes, that is exactly how it would be. And that is exactly how I imagined him. And, you know, he was even the same, you know, he was like green, like... They think they're so big with their heads. <laughs> Mine was a uh, pretty much a. You remember? Uh, you remember Kingpin from the Spider-Man cartoon yeah. in the '90s? It was that, but grotesquely fatter. Okay. So it's funny that uh, we have different styles of reading. Like you actually paint the scene in your head and make up something from the ether. <laughs> oh yeah. With the books and me, I'm like. He's a big fat. Yep, he's boss ass in my head. <laughs> that, that's what's going on. I, I wonder if that's you know if that's a byproduct of uh, like how you played with your uh, your action figures. Like, all right, this Playmobil toy. That's Neo for yeah. the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and as you, you just studied your toys in you know. In <laughs> Uh, well, this Bishop character doesn't look a lot like, uh, uh, who's the actor? Uh, John Hurt. No, he didn't <laughs> play Lance Bishop. Hendrickson. Yeah, he doesn't look a lot like Lance Hendrickson. Uh, but I can do, I can, like, yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't play with toys right. Yeah, and I, I, I had to make do with what I had, so, like, my imagination is, I'm not gonna say stunted, but it's definitely, uh... <laughs> Actually, I think your, your imagination probably flourished more because... Uh, you had to make do. You had to make to You had to make them yours. Like, I actually had the... I, I had the proper choice. Yeah, and he bitched at him. This doesn't look like Bishop. <laughs> like, I even had, um... I even had Egon toys. I had one Egon, one I Ghostbuster Egon. toy. Actually, I had a few Ghostbusters toys. I had Egon, who was, uh... The one where his tie would flip yeah, up? Yeah, you'd push it and his tie would flip yep, up. Yep, I had that one. Okay, okay. I, mine went missing, so you don't know anything about that, do you? Uh, I know that I tried to figure out the mechanism for the tie. <laughs> you know, that my tie broke off, so it could, you know, like... Half of it broke off, so it still kind of <laughs> did it, but it wasn't enough. And, uh... I had a... I had part of a slinky, <laughs> but I straightened it. What about the slinky? <laughs> I had a, um... Uh, what do you call it? The thing that you... The trap. I had a the trap. The ghost trap? Yeah, I had the ghost trap where it used to do where you'd pump it and it would open up. Yeah. But then it stopped doing that after a while. Yep, I, I had one of those and did the same thing. So I think I made it into a spaceship. Like, that would fly around. <laughs> no, that, that's unique. I, I can see that. Yeah, it, I was like, well, okay, well, this isn't gonna... What am I gonna do? Pretend like I'm fighting ghosts? Or am I gonna put them all in this trap and have them fly around to different planets? Doesn't make... That makes more sense. I had, well, I think as a kid, my mom was babysitting, left one uh, behind, so I had this uh, grabber, almost. Like, yeah. you, pu you pulled the trigger, and this, like, little grabber at the end, I, I guess it was, like, ghost grabber. I don't know, I didn't watch the show a lot. Um, the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. But I had one of those, and I didn't really do much with that, except uh, sometimes I would put it into, like, I'd put it into a coat, so, like, just the thing would hang out, and I think I'd pretend I was Dr. Claw from Inspector <laughs> Gadget. I... Let, 
Okay. Let me let me tell you uh, the extent of Britain's imagination. Mm-hmm. So uh, there there were times where. Uh, I would find something that was not a toy and make it a toy. Okay. And I had my father had like his uh his ratchet sets out, you know the and uh, you know you have the ratchet extensions, uh to, you know, to get into different spots and uh like I would put them all together uh, until it kind of tapered off into a smaller and smaller uh, <clears throat> uh smaller and smaller things until it was a tower. Okay. Of uh, ratchet pieces, and I pretended it was a rocket ship, and uh, each section of the ratchet set is where the the fuel would break off. Yeah, it would break off. <laughs> I mean, that, don't get me wrong; that's very fun and enjoyable. That's actually a funny idea, but it's also very practical. It, it is, it is probably the most Britain imagination <laughs> thing. Uh, like, yes, this this is how this would go. Like. All right, you don't. They're done with that booster, so they're not going to haul that booster with them. That's just a waste of energy, so they'll break it off. <laughs> it's like I imagine that uh, when you were playing with it, it's like now beginning our four-year orbit around the planet to do studying of agricultural regions. <laughs> mm. Like I used to, I, I never had like, I never had a practicality like that. I almost envy that. Like my, like I used to. Uh, Take my, one of the things I, I enjoyed doing was taking my blankets and like kind of balling it up, yeah. and then having my people go in there. It was like a big castle and a big maze, and they had to go in and out the folds and everything. Yeah. So I there was oh, like that's a, cool. Yeah, a piece of the blanket they'd go up to the top, and like the person at the top was like the king of the hill that they had to murder or something. There's a lot of oh, murdering okay. going on in my <laughs> imagination. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, you may do with what you had, I, like, mine wasn't as practical as yours, like, ah, but what, where would he post guards if he needed to defend this hill? Uh, How does he eat up there? Now, why wouldn't he have archers if he is on top of the hill? He has the high ground. Anakin Skywalker's like, no! I, uh, one of the things I would do as a kid is I used to have cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like these little matchbox cars, and I, I had a yard ruler that would uh, just drape across the arms of the, of the kitchen table chair, and just have these cars slowly and treacherously cross this yardstick bridge. <laughs> I imagine like you were narrating, like, oh, we have to make it, we have to pull this freight across to the other side in order to complete our delivery. I, I think this is when I was really young, like okay. four. Okay. And I would still, still, uh, uh, like, I don't know why, but anytime I had to say, like, like, oh no, uh, you know, oh no, Jerry, or oh no, Paul, I like, I don't know why I always chose this name, but I always called them Soggy, like from, <laughs> from the, uh, from the, for the Captain, Captain Crunch. Crunch. <laughs> oh no, Soggy! <laughs> you know, to be fair, that's like actually a kind of a cool name for, uh, like, you know, like a, a sidekick character, you yeah, know, that's like, his nickname. Like, his real name is, like, you know, Aaron Sogerson, but everyone calls him Soggy. I, I think it was Soggy because, like, he got like he got the nickname when he uh, got drunk and wet his pants one day, <laughs> like, in college. Yeah. And the name just stuck with him. You know, and the one good thing about Soggy is that, uh, he doesn't, uh... He, he doesn't get, he doesn't, uh, lose his crunch in milk. Nope, not at all. Well, I guess he would. <laughs> yeah. Old Soggy Pants. Like, I would, uh, I kind of want to know more about Soggy now. Like, Soggy seems just like a, like a cool name for a character. Like, I don't know what Soggy would look like. I have, I have a perfect picture in my head. Okay, what does Soggy look like to you? Uh, um, so he's got a, uh, John Mellencamp. <laughs> 
He's got a ball cap. You know, he's got like uh, maybe a <laughs> uh, like a beige, you know, kind of a suit on because he does a lot of khaki work. I uh, guess. All right. He's kind of like maybe a little bit like um, Indiana Jones's uh, airplane guy in the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right. So that's my that's soggy. That's soggy. He's I, uh. Oh, go ahead. Well, we'll talk about what he does in a minute. I, if I if I had to say. Like, we're going back over 30 years okay. into the mind of a child. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess, you know, judging by uh, how practical I was with the rent, the ratchets, I'm guessing that Soggy was just a middle-aged guy. <laughs> middle-aged, uh, a little bit overweight, uh, balding a little bit. See, I imagine Soggy is kind of almost uh, a little bit like the comic relief type guy in the... Uh, in the, the story that we're telling kind of thing yeah. like he's um you know and he's uh, he's he's also a jack of all trade kind of characters like you know he does mechanic work he's not the best at it but like yeah. he can get his guys out of a jam when they're trying to cross this yardstick bridge <laughs> you know he's like all right guys i souped up the engine a little bit to give it a little bit more oomph because we're only gonna have a few minutes to get across this bridge i got soggy is the guy they thought was dead and then comes in on the helicopter to bail them out. And then gets shot. Yep. <laughs> but pulls through. Like, Soggy- Soggy definitely falls off the cliff. You know, we- we, we know that much. You yeah. already- you already mentioned it, like, oh no, Soggy! Yeah, um, but, uh, like, you know, so- like, we think he's dead, and then they- they're putting the- uh, they're putting the graves on his flowers, but then it pans- or putting the flowers on his grave. <laughs> you know what I meant. really, really mean. Like, uh, fucking Soggy's flowers. Clunk. Uh. <laughs> it hey, dropped the coffin. <laughs> here, I'm gonna put my dog's coffin on this. Uh, there they, uh, they put the, uh, the flowers on, uh, on his grave. That's his, so you know, Sogerson. Yeah. But it's Matilda Sogerson, his, uh, his- his aunt. Alright, so, here's how I'm thinking. Now, uh, Soggy, he's like, you know, he's telling me to yeah. get across and everything. He's like, alright guys, you know, did this, did that. Soggy, you sure this is gonna hold? Hey, it better hold, man, we don't have any other choice. I, it, it'll hold, but I'm gonna have to be the one to blow the bridge. And, um, Soggy ends up, like, you know, like, I don't even think, like, I think the storm comes in. Yeah. And, you know, shakes the bridge enough, like, galloping Gertie. And the bridge just collapses, and Soggy collapses with it, like, Soggy! Or not angry with him, like, Soggy, get back up here! <laughs> Soggy? Well, I thought you said this bridge would hold. <laughs> so, like, he's like, alright, man, we keep going. We do this for Soggy. <laughs> and they get to the other side, and then there's, like, the bad guys there yeah. at the top of the at top of the mountain hill, shooting archers at things. And it looks like, you know, he's got- he kidnaps our heroes, and he's, like, trying and to make them- he dead to rights. Yeah, dead to rights. He's trying to make them talk, and then... Here comes a helicopter. And, you know, yeah. the, the bad guy drops, and as the bad guy drops, it reveals the helicopter, and there's Soggy standing there with the rifle. <laughs> Soggy! I thought you guys might need a hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or, well, we couldn't have done the, you know, the bad guy's like, well, we couldn't have done this without our, without our assistant helping us out, and Soggy comes out in, like, a leather jumpsuit. Oh, Soggy's the bad he's guy? He's a double-crosser. Actually, I want to go on with this. Uh, Soggy is the... You know, he's the double cross, his hair's slicked back and like, yeah. you know, and oiled. You know, he's got the, he's got the leather suit on now, he's smoking a cigarette. You guys thought that it was, uh, that it was about loyalty for me, huh? Well, he spits into his hand and extinguishes the cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. pay more. Like, you thought my real name was Soggy? What kind of name is Soggy? 
My name is Alfonso von Stogenstein. Actually, I was gonna go a different route. You thought my name was Soggy? It's, it's Alfonso uh, Cruncherson. Call me Captain. <laughs> Captain Crunch. Shut up, bitch. But it's actually a, uh, a triple cross. A triple cross because he needed. You know, he wanted to get close to the close enough to the bad guy, but also have his friends in there. So it's like, you know what? You know, ah, we're gonna finally, you know, now we get them. All right, Soggy, kill them with pleasure. And he shoots the shoots the bad guy, or he turns the gun. Oh no, boy! It's kind of thing like, <laughs> I knew we couldn't trust you, Sagerson. And he takes off. I imagine the he takes off the the wig that was the grease you know, the slick back hair yeah. and his hat pops out <laughs> it, it was hiding the hat the whole time it, 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 like his backwards baseball cap yeah it's like no he wears his forward forward yeah, yeah it makes sense he is he's more of a forward it's like i would never betray my friends and then they drop him into the the pit um and two bengal tigers come out and now soggy's got to fight the bengal tigers and i think he does because up his sleeve, he's got a ratchet. <laughs> yes. And he dismantles the tigers. Yeah. <laughs> he comes because they're are they robot tigers? No, he just you know he he's that good. <laughs> they come. He comes back up a few minutes later, dust in his hands, and he drops like a bunch of like lug nuts onto there. <laughs> and but you know, and but it's some some of the lug nuts have like matted tiger fur. You like, don't see uh, blood. Yeah, the the tigers are still alive. They're fine down there. They're not in any pain. They're just dismantled. Yeah, and the dad guy looks at him. He's like, "How the hell did you do that? You don't know about Soggy. He can take apart anything." <laughs> if there if there's something to be taken apart and put together, Soggy's your guy. And then, uh, so I guess the big question is, what could the bad guy want that could warrant? A man so epic as Soggy to join the <laughs> to join this fray. Huh, let's see. The diamond at the center of the earth. Hmm. Like the literal like the world diamond. Yeah. And I imagine to this man, uh we'll call him uh Batty. Uh to this man he actually no, th this could be Captain Crunch. He's a okay, he's disgraced Captain naval Crunch. officer. And he uh, he was kicked out of the the he was kicked out of the navy because he kept on trying to launch submarines into the Marianas Trench. Like to, he uh, he was all he was a stone's throw away from becoming Admiral Crunch. Yeah, and, and just his he was disgraced at the last moment for the submarines uh, in the Marianas Trench yeah. trying to dig to the the center of the earth and to get the world diamond. Yep, and uh, he wants it just to. You know, just to have the world diamond and, you know, have the world in his hand, basically. But it was so embittered by by everything that went on uh, to, to get him kicked out that he just wants to destabilize the market now. Well, actually, I, th I, got, I got something even better. Um, he didn't want the diamond originally. He just wanted to prove that it, it was real. Yeah. He just wanted to prove its existence, and he ends up you know, becoming obsessed and getting kicked out of the military. But now, after he reads all these legends and everything, because he knows more about this than anybody, yeah. um, it turns out that, uh, and the good guys figure this out too, that if the world diamond is ever removed from its place, the earth will slowly start to collapse. collapse. Like, there'll be earthquakes and everything like that, and now he wants the world diamond to have the whole earth collapse in and of itself. Now, how, how big is the world diamond to you? 
Um, see, I go back and forth because I, I don't want it to be like the size of a room, but I also want it to be too small. Maybe the size of a basketball. Like all, all this pressure of like it's such a pure diamond from the pressure of the entire world uh, on it that it would be without value. It is so like beyond value. Yeah. But uh, it's also the diamond that's holding the earth together. So. Now, here's a question, um, yeah. when he gets far enough, is there like a little chamber where there's diamonds in the middle of it, or is it just, uh, is it just something he has to break through and take out? Like, like he's about to get the diamond? You, you think, like, he's all uh, the stones? I think, I think he's close to getting the diamond by the end. Uh, I think, uh, I think by the end of the movie, like, he, he starts the mechanism that, that'll start tunneling down to get the diamond, only to figure out that... There is no diamond, just magma. And he burns. Well, that's not fun. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like It's a little funny, but it's not It's not fun. There's no tension to, uh, finally I'll get it. Oh, there's just hot stuff down here. He believed in the legend of the diamond too much. He was uh, an idiot. No, here's, uh, uh, okay. here's what I think happens. Um, I think he gets the diamond. All right, and you know he celebrates his victory. There's earthquakes happening. Like, put the diamond back quickly. It'll no. restore the balance of the world. There's a no. fight. There's a fight. Uh, Soggy gets the best of them. No, the hero gets the best of them. Him and Soggy. Yeah. And what they do is they stuff him into the hole, <laughs> and he becomes the new diamond at the center of the earth. He gets all his all, carbon. All his carbon. Yeah, gets crystallized. Because I I thought since it's in this chamber. Uh, that they're gonna have like this zero gravity fight, That'd be because cool too. you know, in the, a chamber in the center of the Earth, there there would be no gravity. Yeah, that would be uh... either that or all the gravity would be on the, you know, the the out or the uh, the kind of the walls around the chamber. Well, all the gravity's in. Well, yeah, it's a it's a circle chamber. Yeah, it's a sphere of chamber. So, but any surface you walk on would have gravity on in the other direction. So they could feasibly just run across the whole length of the sphere. Yeah, so someone could be on the top of the sphere throwing punches at someone at the t bottom of the sphere. That would be fucking awesome! That'd be the greatest fight in the world. And Meanwhile, they have to they have to avoid the dead center of yeah, it. Yeah, because that's what's gonna suck you in. Yeah, and make him- and uh, that's how he does. He punches him into the new diamond. Yep. Like, he punches him. First, it, like, part of his arm gets trapped and you see it <laughs> Oh, crunching. Ah, ah, and then they shove him in the rest of the way. Ah, ah, and the last thing you see is his mouth screaming as it gets uh, crushed. It, it, in. It's kind of like the ending of uh, Alien Resurrection when the alien's getting sucked out the window. Kind of, yeah, only he's getting sucked into a diamond that's, you know, in the very center of this thing. And it's blood red. Yep, a blood diamond. A blood diamond at the center of the... And it glows bright like a blood diamond. And then they, uh, they, they, now Soggy and the, uh, the other guy, they have the... World Diamond, and they come up with it, and uh, they drop it. There, there shatters. Like, like there's some, there's some. Uh, uh, like, give me your hand, but, but the diamond. No, give me your hand, and they have to drop the diamond. No, I want them to keep the diamond. I, but like, they don't sell it. They just kind of. Uh, they, they put it in their their study. Yeah, exactly. Just well, under glass. They or they, um, you know, the, uh, <laughs> they, they, they. They like you know they they get like a little shelf or something like a hastily built shelf that's like you know clearly just made of wood but like you know there's like <laughs> splinters and things hanging. It's made of particle board. Yeah. 
And there's like a, a a sign written in like backwards letters that says like <laughs> Whoa Diamond. Yeah, exactly. Uh it's either that or the, the immense pressures that were holding the diamond get released and it's just an explosion. Then, like it becomes like it slowly becomes unstable as they're taking it and then they maybe they throw it down a, a cavity. It it as it gets to the surface it just kind of fades away into their hand into pure free carbon. Yeah, just just yeah, carbon dust. Yep. Like the same, the same stuff that you would find in like a lead pencil. Yeah. Just turns to pure graphite. And they look at each other and they just laugh. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the adventure. They go back across the bridge, ready for the next adventure. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I'd still prefer the uh, the uh, particle board shelf. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, you know, they they ha they're probably the richest person person. Uh, on the planet, but it's not yeah, about that. Yeah, it's not about that. This is a paperweight. Yeah, <laughs> a doorstop like <laughs> Elf. So on that note, after the epic story of Soggy and the World Diamond, <laughs> uh, Dune, uh, very good book. Uh, if you, uh, you know, if you like science fiction and fantasy and uh, sword fighting and and uh, big big epic stories. Uh, you really can't go wrong uh, with Dune. It, you know, very, very uh, good book. I can't, uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's a, it's a great book. Um, there's a reason that it's considered a classic. Like, go out and check it out for yourself. Uh, don't be intimidated by its size or how dense it could be with you know some of the terminology. It's very well paced uh, and all that kind of new terminology is balanced out in the beginning to the point where you'll not feel any kind of uh, confusion, really. Yeah. So, go for it. Uh, if you like books, check this out. This is a fantastic book. And there's a reason, like I said before, that it stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. And they made two movies about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and a miniseries. Mm -hmm. So, I guess that'll do it. Um, Alright, take it easy, everybody. A toodaloo. That'll hold a little SOBs.